Oh, and Lewis recently like upped his Patreon from $5 to $20. So we're, I say we do back to back Lewis picks. There you go. That son of a (laughs) bitch. He just jumped to the front of the line. There you go. That's how it works. Yeah. (laughs) Give us more money and we give you the world. Citizens of New Detroit and or Delta City. Welcome to episode 74 of the Laser Comb Podcast, the show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV with a fine-tooth laser. I am, as always, Christopher Siege, one of your hosts. I'm your other host, NeoCal. And this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are continuing on with our Patreon picks. And this is a Patreon pick from our longtime patron and listener, Lewis. Sort of a Patreon pick. And I'll sort uh, of I'll, yeah. Sort of. So one of the pick things that he pitched us was a uh, series of TV movies called Robocop Prime Directives. Those are feature length, so I kind of kind of disqualified them a little bit, but I love Robocop, so in lieu of Prime Directives, I'm like, hey, let's do a random episode of Robocop the series from 1994. Go ahead and shock the flat line, then let's quit. Okay, everybody, clear! Officer Alex Murphy shot to death in the line of duty. Legally, he's dead. We can pretty much do what we want. There's a new guy in town. His name's Robocop. Murphy, it is you. Born to be uh, cyborgs. Metal kings. Born to be metal hearts. <laughs> metal hearts. What is that from? Why do I know that? That is a song by the uh, German uh, heavy metal band, Accept. Uh, I've heard, Maybe I've heard you sing that before. Could be. That's the only way. I was really, really into them when I was in high school. They do that mm. song, uh, You Get Your Balls to the Wall, Man. Oh, that's them? That's them, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they got lots of great songs. Uh, lots of great albums. Speaking of Metal Heart Speaking and Metal, of metal Man. <laughs> I am the modern man. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought that. Uh, the uh, And another reason for uh, going with RoboCop the series in lieu of Prime Directives is Prime Directives was only four TV movies, whereas this was a full season of television, 23 episodes. Got uh, lots more uh, randomness to potentially land on. And indeed, we landed on the final episode of the series, episode, yeah, 20, we did. episode 23, which was, uh, what's it called? Oh, apparently Roddy Piper guest starred in an episode of this show. (laughs) Rowdy Roddy Piper himself. So this was episode 23, Public Enemies. It originally aired on November 21st, 1994. So here's the thing. I don't remember a ton about this episode. Got to be perfectly honest. We both Uh, watched it today. (laughs) We both watched it today. Uh, I've I've had a very long day, though. It was it. So... The long story short for me, and then we'll get into Siege's long story short, was that these are longer episodes. They fill an hour block of television. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's very cop-like. The production value is high when it involves like RoboCop. The characters are quirky, 
the plot, like it was like 50, like the, the scene and like the moving the plot, it was like $50 and like a tank of gas for this episode. (laughs) Oh, and renting a hotel room. So here's the thing. I had a really hard time, like actually following what the big, what the like menagerie of bad guys in this episode, like what their actual like plan was. (laughs) I, it was a bunch it of wasn't well shit. okay so there's an inmate uh can't remember the dude's name but he's very smart he's he, he's a doctor so let's just call him mad scientist mad scientist doctor okay but he's behind bars and he has psychic powers apparently i can't they I can't no, remember they, exactly what his fucking no, deal he is has, but he's very smart he, he understands some, probability and he's he can predict things yeah, they, I, and he's a vegetarian. They, they, they stop short of actually saying psychic powers, but he straight up mentions about being like able to like tune his mind into like the like criminal, like psychic wave or something, some kind of bullshit. We call those beta waves. <laughs> um, <laughs> not alpha waves. No. That's why nobody can read our minds. <laughs> that's what that's what we're giving off right here. Uh, so they're like, okay, dude, um, we need you. They give him special like treatment because he's dangerous, but he's he can also like help, much like real life. Um, and it's like, oh, he, somehow somebody hacks into his um, TV that he has in his cell. Right. And while he's watching news, there's like a fake news channel, like delivering him a message. It's like a video call that's going, this is later in the episode, but it's like a video call that's going on uh, between him and one of his like co-conspirators. And in order oh, to, a cop co- walks into the, a, right, right. a cop walks in and his co-conspirator on the video call decides to pretend like he's delivering like a news report. Oh, uh, and and that's why you know wear your raincoat when you uh when you go out, which tomorrow night and I, I I chuckled about that. That that was that was funny. I I wonder why they installed a two way video, like a, a so he could FaceTime his buddies on the outside. You'd think it would just be a monitor. You would think. So, but uh, yeah, RoboCop the series. Uh, originally aired, it aired for one season in syndication in 1994. Uh, here's the thing. I watched this show back in the day. No. No, I did. Totally. <laughs> um, I didn't even know it existed. Oh, I, I remember uh, seeing commercials for it, for it on TV when I was a kid in 94. They did and, a great job with RoboCop. Yeah, and I, I really like actually like the actor who plays him. And the actor who plays him like get, ha, does the mannerisms really well. Does the mannerisms? You could tell me it's the same actor and same suit, and I would actually believe you. I think they there's some there's some I, things that are a little different. I think they may have like reused like the mold or something from the suit from the first movie. It, it's there, there's some it's so good. Yeah, but, it's but it's oh, definitely like as he gets upgrades in the yeah yeah there's some yeah. alterations. Uh, the so, gloves are a little bit different, but that's just being like nitpicky at this point. And his, uh, he has like shoulder pads. Yeah. I, I noticed right, right. later in the episode that I'm like, huh, I just watched Robocop the movie recently and he definitely didn't have shoulder pads. Like that. I think he gets like upgrades as we, well, because this episode in particular involves the conflict around him getting new upgrades. So there's like a story hidden in the story. And if you don't watch it all in one run and you're not like paying super attention, basically he's getting upgrades and he's hesitant about it because it's like, well, who provides like the upgrades who watches the watchman who watches the watchman. And if you know anything about contracting work and construction, all of that, the cheapest bidder that can do the thing that you want usually gets it. Totally. Yeah. And that's even true in like the corporate world, which and, yeah. Right. And what they don't know at the time, but we find out or we know the viewer is uh, 
his shit has been like replaced with explosives. Yeah. Yeah. We find that out later on in the episode. So yep. before uh, we get fully like, like full whole, 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 whole hog. I can speak. I swear. Before we get half hogged and cyborged up. Half hogged. I want to talk about Robocop as a, a character and a property first. So Robocop, the series is based on the 1987 Paul Verhoeven film Robocop, which Paul Verhoeven, uh, you may know him as the director of such classics like Total Recall and Showgirls and Starship Troopers. <laughs> um, I do like Total Recall. I do like Starship Troopers. And I don't know, I was like 15 when I watched like Showgirls. And... I've never seen it. It has quite a cult following now. Oh. I just I, I just remember uh, that it like completely bankrupted the studio who produced it because <laughs> it bombed. Oh. It bombed so hard and it was like way over budget. It was way, way more expensive uh, to make showgirls than you would think for a movie like that like i think it had a budget of like 90 million or something like that in the mid 90s if you told me anything over than like 5 million i would have been surprised yeah yeah the movie had a crazy budget and it bankrupted the studio because it bombed uh director paul verhoeven oh, 45 million oh, but that's right, not including oh 90 million dollars if you uh adjust for inflation Oh, that's probably what I was thinking of then. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Uh, so Paul Verhoeven, uh, quite famously, uh, threw the script for RoboCop in the trash after reading it because he thought it was terrible. Didn't even finish it. Apparently, uh, his wife dug it out of the trash and decided to read through it and told him, hey, this is actually a really like fun, like satire of like 80s corporate culture. There's a lot of humor in here uh, that's. Uh, I, I think there's something here. So he gave it another shot and they read it together and he agreed to sign on and direct. Robocop was originally played by Peter Weller of uh, films like The Naked Lunch and uh, The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. <laughs> when you first had mentioned that to me, I can't remember when or where. I was like, you're just making this up clearly. <laughs> And then I Googled it and I was like, hot damn. It's an I missed out. movie. <laughs> I, I, I clearly missed out. It, it, it's a very wild film. Uh, Peter, one of the reasons why Peter Weller was cast is because he was actually a trained uh, uh, ballerina. And, That's cool. And they wanted, yeah. And they wanted, which is wild to think about now because as an old man, he tends to play like tough guy roles. Mm -hmm. Like very like almost like Clint Eastwood, like hard ass, like type roles. Right. It's like this guy was a fucking ballerina in his youth. Um, but yeah, they wanted someone who uh, really could move. And I mean, mm -hmm. Robocop is kind of the opposite of a ballerina. Like he moves like a tank essentially, but they wanted someone who understood uh, like had control of, of their, their body. Yeah different parts of it um, could isolate movement, yeah. right? Yeah, that makes uh, total sense. Uh, Robocop was a uh, huge, huge hit, uh, and it is indeed one of my favorite movies of all time. It's been one of my favorite movies since I was a little kid. Couldn't even tell you the first time I watched it because it's just always been a movie that's been part of my life. Right. Uh, I remember Robocop 2 coming out, and I remember that being a new release because that was... That came out in 1990. Damn. Uh, so, like, I still remember, like, seeing RoboCop 2 for the first time. Uh, Peter Weller returned in RoboCop 2. Uh, it was not nearly as well received as the first film. Um, I've always enjoyed it. And, indeed, I what I've noticed in recent years is that a lot of people have come around on RoboCop 2. I've noticed that, too. When, which is weird because even as recently as like 10 years ago, like people still shat on Robocop yeah. 2. Yeah. But now it's common. Yeah. But now I've noticed like these days, like Robocop 2 is mentioned almost as fondly as the original at this point. Huh. Which I'm like, hey, cool. Yeah. Fun fact about Robocop 2 the 
fight that happens in the third act of that film between Robocop and Robo Kane, who's the villain of that film, uh, was the inspiration for the uh, third act fight at the end of the first Iron Man movie between Iron Man and Iron Monger. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, totally. Huh. It's like one, one like kind of one metallic like figure going up against like another like like machine figure that's like three times its size. Yeah, rampaging through buildings and through a city, city streets. Yeah, I like that. Uh, RoboCop Two was followed up with uh, RoboCop Three in nineteen ninety three, which. Uh, had the perception of that film has not changed at all, and with good reason. Um, yeah, something to uh, admit. I've mentioned this to like, mentioned this to Christopher. Like, oh, but this is years ago before we started podcasting. It was like a birthday or something like that. You mentioned to me RoboCop three, and I thought you were making a joke about, um, like a movie that wasn't being made. And I was like, oh, maybe you should make it. And you were like, no, there there is a RoboCop three. And I was yes. like, yes, he has a jetpack and fights robot what? ninja androids. I, and up until now, the, even the, all the way up to that, right. And including like recently until you just mentioned it completely out of my head, I've never seen it and never even heard of it. And I'm like, you're, Oh, uh, you're not missing much. Uh, Robocop three completely bombed at the box office and the franchise went kind of dormant for a while after that. But not too, too long. And I think it's because the show was already had already been made. The Robocop, the series premiered a year later in 1994. Uh, fun fact about Robocop 2. Robocop 2, the script was originally written by Frank Miller. And indeed, he's the credited screenwriter. Cool. Uh, his script that he wrote was deemed uh, horrendous. <laughs> and was rewritten so much that the final movie that we got has barely anything in common with uh, his original script. And he was so pissed off about the whole experience that he left Hollywood and didn't, didn't, wasn't interested in making movies again until his Sin City adaptation that came out in 2005. Now, in the early. For like, so he just left for a decade. Yeah, went back to comics. He's like, fuck this. I hate Hollywood. They're tarnishing my work. Damn. Uh, in, I think it was 2003, a comic book was released called Frank Miller's Robocop, which was based on his Robocop 2 script. Right. I, I was really excited for that to come out until I read it. And uh, <laughs> indeed, the movie that we got, the actual Robocop 2 that we got, while not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination, is significantly better than Frank Miller's original script. Oh, really? The one he was pissed off and left Hollywood about. Yeah. The one that he was, was mad worse at. than RoboCop two was, which worse. everybody has shit on for like 20 years. Yeah. Uh, it's significantly worse. And indeed that's not just me saying so I, I was reading up about it recently. Uh, and that was the general like consensus, like, Google like Frank Miller's RoboCop sucks and you'll get like a bunch of like reviews and like Reddit threads coming up about people just like shitting on how terrible it is. Oh, I think you shared something. Uh Oh, they're after me. Uh, oh, it's ro <laughs> Robo. Robo's it's Robo something. Robo, Robob. No, I have a secret base. They can't find me. Uh, unless what the heck was I even going to say? The science Peace threw me officer. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember something about robots. Oh, right. I, yeah, you had mentioned um, that script had like come out and it was like years ago you had shared it or you had like mentioned it or whatever. And I remember checking the beginning of it out and I checked out the guy. I was like, I, I didn't even I made it like. Five pages like in and I was like, I have better things to do with my time. I'll. It seems as bad as everyone said, so I'll take their word for it and live my life. You can there, find it, people. There is a TV Tropes page for Frank Miller's RoboCop. 
There is. Holy shit. You can check that out. Uh, let's see. Oh, God. Uh, tropes present in Frank Miller's RoboCop. Uh, attempted rape. A man tries to hire a hooker. When she rejects him, he threatens to rape her. He doesn't more than threaten her as Murphy drives by and kneecaps the punk. Oh, shit. Author appeal. Frank Miller wrote the original script, so of course prostitutes and other women in various states of undress are in it. Yeah. Author tract. As noted on the uh, second page, uh, Frank Miller is not fond of political correctness or pop psychology, hence the villain being a pop psychologist who's obsessed with political correctness. And this was in 90... 1990. Okay. Uh... Depraved homosexual character named Kong kisses still another character named Stilson's corpse. A rehab uh, rehabs are like this like uh, force, like basically like trying to get people out of old Detroit so uh, Delta City can be built. Right. And Kong is also a sadistic bastard, killing several people as both a rehab officer and as Robocop too. So he, it's not Kane, he becomes Robocop too. Uh, huh. Let's see. Uh, hotter and sexier. Outside of a few seconds of bare breasts in two scenes in the original uh, film, there isn't much way of uh, fan service in the original trilogy. This being written by Frank Miller, there's a lot more scantily clad women here. The only thing we missed out on. <laughs> Although, 1990s, early 1990s wasn't ready for that. Uh, the we needed the edgy, tha- like arts a politically incorrect villain the rehabs uh which mimic stereotypes of native americans when they're torturing uh characters uh so yeah you get the idea (laughs) somehow worse than i imagined i imagined it being bad in the sense that it was like boring or the plot didn't fit to the vibe of robocop but oh it definitely actually just that actually just sounds like like fucking hot like i have a message to to deliver to to people garbage yeah um anyway so from there from robocop 3 we get robocop the series mm-hmm. and after robocop there was also a couple of animated series over the years uh in the early 2000s we got that uh four series of four tv movies that i mentioned robocop prime directives right and then nothing until 2014 when there was a remake of uh, RoboCop, which actually isn't as bad of a movie as you would think. It would be, it just doesn't feel like RoboCop. If it was another, if it was called something else, it was just another story about a guy being turned into a cyborg, then it yeah. would be a perfect. I've only seen clips of it, never watched the whole thing, and the clips made it. Made it seem interesting. Also, he kind of looks like Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man in black armor. Iron Man meets <laughs> the Dark Knight, basically. Oh, weird. Yeah. But that was very much the, like, kind of, uh, like, suit aesthetic in, like, action and superhero movies in the 2010s. Yeah. But people are like, oh, like, you can't really, like, put a style on, like like people style like the, you can't really say oh that's 2010s fashion or that's 2000s fashion but what you can do is judge the the era of movies oh i can definitely start to point you, i i you you can see uh 20 2000s we've talked fashion. about 2000 oh 2000s fashion i would say yes but um i've been seeing like tiktoks of people saying there's no there there hasn't really been 2010s uh or um like 2020s like fashion it's because we're like in we're back like things have become cyclical again like 90 90s fashion was in for a few years in the late 20s 2010s definitely i remember uh being at a restaurant with my uh former partner and looking outside and seeing a bunch of teenagers who looked like they walked off the set of mall rats like bleached tips and (laughs) no not bleached tips but um just like 
big baggy white t-shirt baggy jeans uh a button-up shirt over a t-shirt the kind of like bowl cut going on i was like i was like what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> but apparently 2000s fashion is starting to come come back into style particularly 2000s goth fashion i've been noticing i've noticed that too i was like hey we ready to bring like blade the matrix back <laughs> yeah well we kind of had a min- very short like conversation over text about that you were watching blade yeah og blade and you're like this came out like a year before the matrix and everyone yeah, talks yeah. about how the matrix influenced like fashion and movies yeah there, blade came out first yeah there there's bullet time in blade and it came oh, out shit. a year before the Matrix. Yeah, there, yeah there, 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 there there's a shot with like slow motion bullets where like uh, the villain of the bad film, guy dude is like morphing and yeah, and, and he like like slow mo like moves out of the way. Yeah, and thinking about that, I was like, oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Some of the aesthetic and the style of Blade was an influence for the Matrix. You, you cannot like watch those movies back to back and then be like, nope, no influence whatsoever. I'm like, yeah, all the all black leather, the black sunglasses, the trench coat, the trench coats, fuck off <laughs> the Kung Fu. Like I, you, I, we could go on and on, but like the bullet time slow-mo like thing, the, uh, the electronic soundtrack. Oh, Right. The, um, absolutely yeah 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 and the matrix they're like rave and club scenes hold nothing on that opening uh blood <laughs> rave scene some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill <laughs> i wish marvel also, would just bring blade back or bring wesley snipes back for this blade well, reboot like, that they're making hi- he's like hiding out because like he he's like tax evade wanted no, not tax anymore. evasion and stuff no, he's so is, that, is that done he served his time ages ago. Yeah, I wasn't he was sure. In, yeah. He was in one of the expendable movies. Right. Right. How's he looking now? Probably fine. And it's like, yeah, you can say that he's like, you know, like 60 years old, but oh, like, he's looking fine. But like the guy that they cast, uh, as blade in the MCU for this movie that keeps getting delayed for a myriad of reasons, right? Yeah. He's only 10 years younger than Wesley Snipes. I'm looking at 2023 Wesley Snipes, and this guy is fly as fuck. He yeah. looks like a Marvel villain. Yeah, like the and and the guy that they cast to play him, it like play Blade in the reboot, like isn't even much younger than Wesley Snipes now. Like at least Wesley yeah, he's Snipes, thin. he's looking he, good. At least when Wesley Snipes played him like 25 years ago, like he was in his mid 30s. Anyway, that's a that's a different rant. It's a different rant. It's a different rant. The beginnings of a, the beginnings of a rant. So yeah, Robo- I say bring him back. Hey, goddamn, totally. So RoboCop is one of my favorite <laughs> franchises of all time. Uh, the original movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. I mentioned I used to watch this show. Had really liked RoboCop video games when I was a kid, especially RoboCop versus the Terminator on SNES. Game was sick. Never played it. And in fact, there is a new RoboCop game that just came out uh, called RoboCop Rogue City. And after oh, I saw watch- someone, someone playing it. <laughs> yeah, I decided to just up and it's a brand new game. So I paid full price for it, which I don't do a lot anymore. I, after watching this show and getting into like Robo Fever, I decided to just straight up buy RoboCop Rogue City and start playing it. Robo Fever. Robo Fever. So this episode uh, begins with uh, who, so in the show, the show, the tone of the show is more in line with RoboCop 3. I'd say it's better than RoboCop 3, but it's more in line with RoboCop 3 than 1 and 2. Okay. I mean, it's definitely like, it's, it's a syndicated TV show. It's PG. It's definitely like aimed at kids. I mean, I watched this when I was nine. Right. Um, you know what? That makes sense now after having watched it be it being aimed more towards kids i mean not like young young kids but like you know you know like 10, 10 to yeah um i can see that now yeah <laughs> where it's just kind of like if you think too hard about like the the plot you're like 
wait, what? <laughs> but uh, as, as kids, you want to see the <laughs> yeah. As kids, you want to um, you want to see the goofy bad guys, right? And you want to see RoboCop like he's more of a detective in this episode than like a cap. Makes a lot um, of wisecracks too, which right? most of them actually made me chuckle. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, that's what I mean. The, the the scenes with RoboCop are good. Yeah, yeah. So this movie uh, kind doesn't really like acknowledge the existence of the sequels, and in fact, it's kind of much like the Crow TV show, which we should also uh, review an episode of, right? Uh, the Crow, Stairway to Heaven. Better show than you would think. And the guy who played Eric Draven in that show ended up going on to be the chairman in Iron Chef America. No shit. <laughs> yeah, so when I first saw Iron Chef America, I was like, You were like, shit. Draven? <laughs> I was like, holy shit, it's Mark DeCoscos. I haven't seen that. <laughs> Only thing I've ever seen that guy in was the Crow TV show. Huh. But, yeah. Isn't so there a Crow video game? Uh, there was on PS1, yeah, based on the second movie, The Crow City of Angels. Never played it. It's apparently not very I good. I did. It was bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember renting it one time. It wasn't great. It was like a beat-em-up. Mm. Which I guess, I don't know, I was expecting something more like, I don't know. Y- young me made a lot of bad decisions. What can I say? Something a little more like Soul Reaver, maybe. Yeah, like a little bit stealth, a little bit action, exploration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, so much. Yeah, so much like the uh, the Crow TV show, RoboCop the series kind of it kind of uses the first movie as like a jumping off point, but also like kind of readapts the story too. Like it t- takes the basic plot of like the first movie, but also like kind of retells it and like makes its own like changes to it to fit into its own like continuity. Uh, most of the characters in the show are based on characters from the first movie, but for some reason they all have different names, which I kind of wonder if maybe was like a licensing issue or something. Mm. Uh, so we've got. We've got uh, Detective Lisa Madigan, who is basically Officer Lewis in this show. Yeah. But she's been promoted to a detective. But it, it's uh, Murphy's like former partner or partner when uh, when he was still uh, a human cop. OK, OK. So Detective Madigan goes to this hospital with this with mad scientist man. And he's all like, hello, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> except he's like a little bit more of like a goof yeah totally yeah i didn't mind him uh and he like gives her information about like some like kind of like plot going on involving like the president who is coming to visit delta city and right. uh to see if he can like psychic like psychic link like see what's up like what they like the the whatever is going on interestingly enough uh, did you recognize the voice of the uh the sergeant the police sergeant at the precinct no he's he is played by blue mankuma who voiced uh uh your man tagatron in beast wars huh okay that's what it is yeah 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 so uh to really like kind of like gloss over like the plot of this episode so we got mad scientist guy with psychic powers yeah he's working with the cops oh he working with the cops he's working with the cops we find out that some higher up at ocp is doing some bullshit to like in an effort to like drive the stock price down so he can like buy up a like majority like control majority share majority so shares. that he can do so, like a takeover or something so he can take over OCP from the old man right this also involves the uh recurring villain of the show Putface Morgan who is just a guy with like a really gross wrinkly face he he's got that like six flags old man face yeah 
that old Six Flags mascot. Potface Morgan goes to like the uh, breaks into like this police armory, and his henchmen like hilariously look like the Hamburglar. <laughs> they all look yeah. like there's four of them, and they all look like the Hamburglar. They do, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's how you know they're bad guys. Robocop shows up to like stop them and he does. Uh, Putface Morgan gets away by like tossing a grenade and Robocop uh, thinking very quickly thinking on his feet hits the button to a blast door and the grenade explodes and the this made me laugh. There is a like good like two second delay from when the grenade blasts like explodes and we see and hear it explode to when Robocop hits the metal door that's literally that he's standing literally right in front of. <laughs> well, you know, explosions travel really, really slowly. <laughs> he was standing right in front of the door. Don't worry about it. Like six inches, maybe in front of the door. And there's a good like two second delay from the explosion going off. And we seeing a visual on the other side of the door of him, like an indentation, like being put through it. Robocop size indentation. I don't know. Made me laugh. Right. And they were trying to get, I can't remember what they were doing. Uh, Putface Morgan was destroying all of, they don't know at this point, but he was seemingly destroying all of Robocop's spare parts. Right, that's what, that's what it was. That's what they find in this armory. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of other villains in, involved who don't really, in this like plot between Putface Morgan, this OCP executive yeah. guy, uh, Mad Scientist Man. Yeah, uh, Mad Scientist Man. And there's a couple of other like recurring villains who are part of this plot, but they don't, as far as I could tell, they don't really seem to add anything to it. No, they, they come and go. I, they're kind of just there. Yeah. They're, they're there because in the way that the villains were there in like that, um, um, Adam West, um, Batman show. Right. Sometimes like extra villains would just be like there for a scene. And then like leave as like part of it's like recurring. Hey, by the way, these guys exist. We don't see it in this uh, episode at all, which kind of surprised me. I wonder if there's a plot related reason because this is the final episode, but there's a Mm. hologram lady who's friends with Robocop in this show. And you see her in the introduction. Oh, and if I recall correctly, what happened was she was the secretary of some like evil OCP scientist. I think it might've even been mad scientist guy. And he like removed her brain and put it into like a computer system. And so now she just exists as a brain in a jar, in a cyber jar, basically. But she can like project like a hologram version of herself. And she helps Robocop throughout the show. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I always liked her. I was disappointed she wasn't in this episode. Um, There's also an annoying kid in this show, which I'm glad was not in this episode. Yeah, there's no annoying kid in this episode. You see her in the uh, the intro as well. She's the kid who goes like, wow. Well, I'm glad that there was no annoying kid. She's basically the annoying kid from RoboCop 3. <laughs> I'm, doesn't even exist as far as I'm concerned. It's probably for the best. This time. So, like, y- yada yada, there's this this plot with this, like menagerie of supervillains and this OCP guy and they figure out what they want to do is assassinate the president who as I mentioned has come to Delta City on a visit they want to assassinate the president because Robocop and OCP are guarding are acting as like protection for the president so if the president gets killed on their watch OCP will be at fault company stock prices will go down and evil OCP guy, the guy who like faked being a newscaster on the, the zoom call, he can like buy up all the shares and take over the company. Chaos. Well, it's a really convoluted plot to like do some insider trading. And 
the person who's going to kill the president and take the fall for it is Puttface Morgan. Mm-hmm. But Puttface Morgan, once he kills the president and gets some money somehow, plans to actually double cross the OCP guy and make off with all the money. Yeah. I don't know where he'll get I, that money. But I don't know. I, I don't know where this. I couldn't tell Pudface you. Face Morgan is, is like, yeah, is like a uh, the boomer of the show, and he doesn't understand how stocks work. He <laughs> thinks he can just like pick up a big bag with like a money sign on it. A big and, like, like escape. Scrooge McDuck like money bag. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, really, that's like. That's kind of what his plan was at the beginning of the episode, except instead of money bags, it's uh, like ammo bags. Yeah. Pretty much. This guy just likes to steal things. He just likes to steal things. And potentially kill presidents. Uh, Robocop figures all of this out in a scene that actually made me really laugh. Like, because we see like Robo's like heads up display, like RoboVision. And he yeah, starts seeing like little mini like TVs, like little mini screens, like just flashing back to various things throughout the episode. And hilariously, one of them is just an explosion. <laughs> right. Like most of it is like characters like kind of like pondering and like postulating like potential like motives and whatnot. And then like I think like the second to last one that comes up is literally just an, a building exploding. So what was that exactly? Like, I don't know. Was he tapped into the matrix? <coughs> I, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you honestly. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe, maybe Christopher can explain that one. I think he was like running probabilities. Well, right. Of things that have happened and things that might happen. And then he like came to the conclusion that, that a building might explode. <laughs> <laughs> but like the bad guy already told them that that was going to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. So a uh, mad scientist guy uh, convinces. So the, I guess like the head of like the secret service is now working with uh, the Delta city police and like detective Madigan. And he's mm-hmm. all like, I want to meet your source. So she takes him to mad scientist. Right. And mad scientist is like, I can help you, but I need to be there and out in the field in order for my psychic powers to work. Ooh. And, uh-huh. and they're like, damn it. Damn it. He's right. All right. Slap the cuffs on him. Let's go. And, and then uh, wouldn't you know it when he's there, like he betrays. Wouldn't them. you know it? gets free who would have thought that that like one elderly like overweight guard that they left him with would have uh been their their folly right there's just like an old dude probably like you know like works in secret service retired cop or like whatever who's just like reading a magazine like looking over this guy as they're hanging out in like a hotel room when we meet the uh the president we find out that the president in uh this universe is a woman which you know very very progressive for 1994. I mean, it still hasn't happened yet. So yeah, they're, 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 they were peering really far into the future, very far into the future. But what I, I found funny is like her, the first husband is kind of depicted as being a bit of a bumbling idiot. Yeah. I noticed that too. Like in the hotel room, he, he turns on the TV and turns on like a rock music video. And he's just all like, yeah, like bobbing to it. And she's like, honey, please. And he's like, oh, okay. Shuts it off. Okay. (laughs) And then that same song plays at the end of this episode. And it's apparently by Lita Ford. I'm like, wow, wait, this is a real song with like Robocop in the music video for it and everything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Cool. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, cool, I guess. All right. It's not a particularly good song, but. But yeah, um, they managed to get out and none of the bad guys want to blow themselves up. They want to escape. Right. But Robocop immediately. I'm talking like 30 seconds. They even have um, like Hitman 47, the guy, the, the assassin that comes to like save him. 
um sorry uh like evil genius um they like dress up as like hotel staff somehow you know it's, it's not shown it just happens off screen and like before they can even like get down a stairwell into the exit like robocop finds them it seems like they... you guys had a whole hotel and you couldn't get like past like robocop somehow see what they do is they they walk past a like large like pillar in the middle of the room and we see them walk through one side and then we hear like a zipper like zip down and then zip up and then they immediately emerge from the other side of this pillar like dressed in this outfit these outfits i'm just surprised that agent 47 can get changed that quickly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so RoboCop figures it out somehow. Uh, Potface Morgan is outside. He's in a like hit him and like the other two, like two of his crony, like the, the the two like villains that I said don't really seem to add anything to what's going on. They're just part of this plan because yeah. reasons. Reasons. Uh, he he tells them to get out of the van because RoboCop RoboCop's mine. Oh my god. And I remember that. And they're hilarious. like, what are you talking about? Let's get out of here. And he's like, get out of the van. You wouldn't understand. It's between me and the tin can. And then the most hilarious thing happens. He tries to play chicken with Robocop. And Robocop just like side sidestepped and pushes his hand out. He sidesteps and like backs up very like quickly and just casually like shoves his casually. hand forward, <laughs> knocking the van over. I laughed so like, hard. <laughs> yeah sending it like careening off like the road yeah. and i was like i mean what did that guy think was, was gonna happen uh and then we find out oh there was a scene earlier in uh the movie where uh hit uh, robocop's like science guy is uh tells him he's like oh because like all of your gear was destroyed you're gonna have to use these like other things that I made, right? Uh, these things that we just have left over, and Robo. Don't worry up, about where they came from. Robo ends up using one of them at one point. It's like a like a tracer that he can fire or something, right? Um, and so he's like, "Yeah, let's do an equipment check." And he pulls out these two like bombs or something, I guess, that are in Robo's like non-gun leg. And he's like, "Huh, that's weird. The serial numbers are different." Oh, it must have been a cost-cutting measure or something on OCP's part to buy from different distributors. So this tips RoboCop off that, like, one of the... Somehow that one of them is a plant by Puttface Morgan, and we find out that it's a bomb. Mm-hmm. Which he disarmed... Which Puttface Morgan is like, Ha-ha! See? I've got you now, copper! And goes to but detonate it. Puttface Morgan was betrayed earlier... By OCP guy? by OCP guy and he said haha suckers and to cover his tracks again it seems like there's a cool like twist of an episode here it's just like way overly <laughs> convoluted it's, it's just convoluted folks. it's not it's not like twisty and the guy's like okay i'm going to go inside because i need to be there for like this reason as soon as he leaves the big conspicuous red van in this like parking lot he like plants a a bomb on the outside of the van. And then when Pudface Morgan thinking that he has the right thinking the that he has the detonator for RoboCop, he has the detonator for the bomb that Corpo guy put on his own van. There's also another core. I forgot about this. There's another Corpo guy, the head of security concepts, who is basically this show's Bob Morton, like even right down to him having like a couple chicks like on each arm. And oh, yeah, whatnot. yeah. He's basically Bob Morton in this universe. Um, he gets kidnapped and oh, yeah. uh, they go. <laughs> yeah, he he's like in a van in a warehouse. Lots of vans in warehouses in this show. Yeah. Uh, they had to, hey, man, when they're renting out the warehouse, you got to use it. <laughs> uh, so they go to save him. Uh, and that was the thing they fired the, the tracer on was like the van that kidnapped him. That's they, it. Yeah. They, they go to save him. They find out there's a bomb in there. And uh, 
Detective Madigan is like, we got to get him out of here. And Robocop's like, there's no time. And so he pulls the bomb out and hilariously, like he shoots out the, the spike thing that he uses to like hack computers out of his yep. fist. And he quite hilariously just like puts it into the middle of the bomb and just presses a tiny like red button. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> It's like, you know, like basic, he basically took like one of, one of those like things that, um, one of those like paperclip things that you like put through a pinhole in your cell phone. On your, to, I was just going to, to say. To eject your SIM card. It's basically just what he does to disarm this bomb. Very, very technical. Very. <laughs> Can I borrow that bobby pin? Yeah, he basically resets uh, the cell phone, and that turns the bomb off. I I forgot about that. What's a man doing with a woman's bobby pin? (laughs) Hmm. Do you you know what that's from? Uh, Airplane. That's right, right. I'm like, oh, comedy movie. Uh, Yeah. I can't even remember what, but like like the, the main guy. Uh, does something with like solves some problem with a bobby pin but like they don't at, back at like mission control they don't know that he has like one of the like stewardesses in the cockpit with him right right so he does something with a bobby pin and he's like i got it and they're like oh how he's like with with what what did you use and he's like a bobby pin and they like put their their hand over the mic and they're like what's a man doing with a woman's bobby pin i wonder how that movie holds up it's been a hot like decades since I've seen it. I watched it about five years ago and I still laughed my ass off. Should watch it. <laughs> it's yeah. S- some of the humor hasn't aged well, but like the thing is, is like, there's nothing. It's not mean spirited. Like a yeah, lot of which a lot of the dated humor in like a lot of those like uh 2000 spoofs, like it's just mean spirited humor. It, yeah. That's why it doesn't age well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I don't know, like, two two guys, literally, just like two guys, like in suits, like well dressed, like businessmen looking d- dudes, just like sitting, like speaking in jive to one another. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> I always forget his name. He's like iconic. It's on the tip of my tongue. Leslie Nielsen. There we go. Surely yeah, you can't be serious. I am serious. I am and serious. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> and don't call me Shirley. So RoboCop saves the day, and uh, we get. You can tell this is the final episode because, like, everyone's like applauding him at the end, and the president is like, "Robo, what? Can, what? We could really use you on Washington." And he's like, right. He's like, "Sorry, Madam President, I am from Detroit," and. Somewhere there, here, there is always a crime being committed. And as long as the people need me, I will be here to protect them. He gives this really like cornball speech. I, I didn't mind the, that, that speech. And he, wa- yeah. he walks away and everyone's like, yeah, applauding. And he right? turns around and like waves by to them. And then it freeze frames too. He, he waves. Don't you forget about me no it doesn't freeze frame to that it, it freeze frames on him like uh raising his hand to wave goodbye to bye to like all these people and then that's the end of the series kind of it's like they had the ending scene thought out but not the ending episode yeah because it doesn't feel cool enough to be an ending episode <laughs> no, unless they like they thought that their villains were in the show were all like just so cool enough that the notion of them like all teaming up to like assassinate the president was just this really like hype story, but it's like kind of isn't kind of isn't. <laughs> oh, I can see that in hindsight now like when the when um evil genius is in prison and he gets out and like, you know, they, they all end up like talking and conspiring and 
But the thing is, it's never all in like one big room, like one league of villains. It's like this guy talks to this guy and this guy talks to this guy. And then this person has a scene and suddenly there's a different guy in the van now. And you're like, okay, so the ugly guy's a bad guy and like other people are helping him for some reason. And everyone has their own like reason. Like somebody wants to take over like their company and get all the stonks. And like another guy just wants to kill the president because I don't know, like reasons. And it's like, it, it kind of falls apart. And another Not guy, as epic as us recounting it. An, another guy wants to be rich and another guy is like trying to manipulate all of them. And then there's, there's these two other guys who are just there. Who are just there. And I guess they just want to blow up Robocop. A piece I, of the action. Yeah. Piece of the pie. <laughs> and uh, well, well, uh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cal, you just caught a random episode, which happens to be the final episode of RoboCop the series. Would you? Uh, would you watch it again? Um, I don't think I. I don't think I would. Uh, I know you're you're a big fan of uh, um, the 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 Chrome policeman, but uh, this this uh, nothing's drawn me to. To watch the rest of them. Sorry, my leg is cramping really bad. Oh, I thought oh. you were reacting to the terrible news. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my leg's actually just cramping. Why are uh, <laughs> um, uh, No, if I had, like, watched please, this... Please, please change the channel back. You have 20 seconds <laughs> to comply. Uh, yeah, I would probably watch this if, like, nothing else was, like, on... But maybe just like not like I, yeah, I don't think I'd tune in next week. That's fair. Um, I have it downloaded. I might watch it, but I might also just play Robocop Rogue City instead. But you might also just play the modern game that just came out that you paid money for. Yeah, <laughs> I might just do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was episode 74 of the Lasercomb podcast. Best way to support the show is to go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. Uh, there are three tiers. There's the $5 tier, there's a $10 tier, and there's a $20 tier. Get all kinds of cool stuff in each of them, including uh, commentary tracks and the ability to pick a show for us to for us to review a random episode of on this podcast much like our uh, patron lewis did sort of so if you want to get in on that go to patreon.com slash laser laser comb follow me laser comb a fun fact that uh that very like goa old uh, system lord sounding uh, laser comb <laughs> it is, is gold system lord <laughs> it is yeah it, it's just me like turning the pitch of my voice down like super low yeah so i'm like huh this is how they did it in stargate it all makes sense now it all makes sense uh follow me on twitter at uh, lasercomb or on blue sky at lasercomb or on instagram at christopher siege or if you want to Look at my Xbox Live profile while I play Robocop Rogue City. <laughs> I am uh, Lasercomb on there as well. Cal, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, at Blue Sky as well, uh, at NeoCal. I was in early enough to nab that. Um, TikTok, Neo underscore Cal. Uh, on uh, Dork Tales doing different shows uh we're actually doing dragon lance wednesday night it's like a uh, a real play on twitch for D, and we're doing um a sponsored game called the world below on uh, thursday nights Ooh. so yeah you can peek in uh twitch uh dot tv slash dork tales and uh, i'm a mushroom man on thursday nights Man of many mushrooms. Let's just say that my character may or may not have special healing herbs and spices and uh, psychotropic mushrooms that heals people. Does he does he speak in a uh, a Brooklyn accent like certain uh, like Chris Pratt, like destitute uh, certain uh, 
pair of destitute uh, plumber brothers. <laughs> destitute plumber brothers. Uh, I wish that would have been a good take. <laughs> that would have been an interesting take on the character. Uh, Mamma mia. <laughs> yeah, the, the setting for that is like a world that's like underground. Like the, the idea of like a surface world is like mythological. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My guy's a, a dwarf. And that's at uh, twitch.tv slash dorktales. That's right, on Thursdays. Like I said, that one's sponsored. So technically, I'm a professional voice actor now. Sweet. Just like we are professional podcasters. We're professional, professional? Co- uh, media review. Professional critics. Professional critics. Possibly yeah. professional journalists, too. Well, maybe, maybe even legitimate journalists. I, I did actually study journalism, though. <laughs> I, I know one of us is legitimate, legitimate journalism, uh, but uh, definitely professional critics. Yes. Yeah. My mom said so. My mom gave me $5, so that makes me a professional. I always say, <laughs> um, uh, someone asked me recently, they're like, uh, so like, what is it? Like, just like your friends who like listen to your show? And I'm like, actually, no, not really. No, like barely anyone I know actually listens to my show. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it. We, we got listeners from Canada, the US, Australia, the UK. Right. And they were like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, like people like actually listening from like all over the world. And I'm like, yeah. And honestly, like I prefer that over my friends listening because like having your listener base be your friends kind of just feels like, man, my mom is my biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's also weird because it's like a one-sided parasocial relationship where like they listen to you for like hours upon hours, but like you don't, listen to them so it's like well i mean that that's how podcasting just works in general yeah but it's like it would be weird if it was like a friend oh yeah see what i'm saying see what i'm saying see what i'm laying down my girlfriend listens to our our shows here and there well tell her the feck ass no (laughs) (laughs) no uh well yeah she we talk there's a lot of like overlap because she's like into different like animation, different anime. We've covered anime. Yeah. Children's toys that transform into animals. Speaking of which, uh, she picked up my uh, my big time Ronnie studio series, uh, Rise of the Beasts leader class uh, Optimus Primal toy. I paid for it, but she picked it up for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know what? That is a did we end up liking that yeah we we thought it was fine right yeah for the holiday special well for one part of the holiday special yeah this year i want to do three parts uh one of them i think uh uh i i kind of want to do a commentary for uh, rise of the beasts yeah yeah like we reviewed it but like actually doing like live oh an actual commentary yeah yeah anyway uh, we were originally going to jump over to our man, Cone Killer Confusor's uh, Patreon pick, but that's going to get pushed back a week because Lewis recently, Lewis, who sort of picked this show, mm-hmm. uh, recently boosted his patronage from $5 a month to $20 per month. And so, you know what? We're doing another Lewis pick. That's right. That's right. You pay us and you get preferential treatment. <laughs> that, I didn't make the system. I mean, we actually did, but <laughs> back uh, we didn't Lewis, make capitalism. Lewis, you're getting back-to-back uh, Patreon picks. So uh, I think the only one left in the list that he sent me, like probably like a year, year and a half ago now, uh, is Tech War. Tech War? Tech War, yes. It was a show from the night. I remember Tech War. I used to watch it. Uh, Tech War was a show in the 90s that I believe had William Shatner in it. Tech War. Oh, it's a series of novels created by William Shatner. What? 
Uh, My mind is getting blown here. Tech War. Uh, yeah, William Shatner had a role in the show. Uh, so it lasted uh, two seasons of... How did... 22 episodes. I've never uh, heard of this. Really? When did this come out? Uh, let's see. 1994? 1994. Same time as Robocop. Virtual series. reality can be murder. <laughs> what? When you thought the war was just in space or in the stars. That's when. That's when it came, became tech war. That's when it came for you. That's when it came on your face. <laughs> Stay tuned for tech war. Tech war. I can't believe it's not butter. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit screen share now. Um, computer still not blowing up. This is like if Johnny Mnemonic had like a TV series. So at the trusty random number generator, one random numbers between one and 22. And here we go. Da, 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 tech war. 22. Da, 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 da. We landed on the we, last one. We landed episode. on the last one. Hell yeah. Again. <laughs> Uh, Betrayal, which aired on... I'm liking what I see so far. February 9th, 1996. This has, like, old, like, like 80s Shadowrun, like, vibes. All right, so there you have it. Uh, we'll be back on the next episode with uh, of the Lasercomb Podcast with episode 22 of Tech War. And until then, I've been The Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, NeoCal. And until next time, you have 20 seconds to comply. You have 20 seconds to hit like and subscribe. You now have 15 seconds to subscribe. I am now, you now on, have you, you now have five seconds to subscribe. I am now authorized to use physical force. <laughs> I am now authorized to use uwu force. <laughs> uwu? W- w- why won't you subscribe to us? I am now not author- good looking enough to pull that off. I am now authorized to use uh, uh, mammalian force. (laughs) (laughs) That's me making confused and then happy and then scared faces. Um, Mammalian as in memories or mammalian as in maximal? I leave it open to interpretation. Mother of God. But I don't one know of whether those to def- run or... One of those definitely makes more money than the other. Oh, shit. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know which one. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> bye-bye. Bye. In the heart of the darkness, the light still 